0: Hey, yeah, hang out. Today is Sunday, April 5th, 2020, like it matters, like it even matters. You don't know what day it is. You don't care. It could be Tuesday, July 21st, 2009. What does it matter? Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to quarantine life. I hope you are doing well and I hope you are safe. I am doing well as well. I didn't wanna jump right into a podcast when all this craziness broke a couple weeks ago because I wanted to marinate in quarantine life. I wanted my brain to have a chance to get a little funny in the head. Are you feeling a little funny in the head? I just came back from the nervous hospital. Um, that's kind of, uh, where I am, but we're hanging in there, and we will get through this. Welcome. I was built for this, though. I'm doing okay. I don't have this free-form anxiety if I don't have a schedule or a plan. I have spent the past three years of my life delicately deconstructing my friendships and my schedule. So it's as if I had a notion that this pandemic was on the horizon. Now I am insulated, alone always. I do hang with my dog a lot though. Do you find yourself... Hanging more with your pet. Has your pet's life grown in significance? I find myself following my dog Lucy around, studying her habits, lying in the same sunspots that she seeks out in the living room, thinking, what does this feel like? Let's see what she's all about, staring into her eyes. Frankly, I think she believes I'm getting too clingy. Too clingy. I think she only needs about six to eight hours of my company, but I'm ready to give her more than that. I feel like Lucy wants me to go back to work and I am teaching online, but it's not the same, is it? I'm still physically in the house, physically in her sunspots. She's so low energy, this dog. She's almost not enough. I was looking online, maybe getting another dog, because frankly, Lucy doesn't hang out enough for my taste. was looking at different dog breeds. It's funny how they describe certain breeds. The Beagle is friendly and with an independent spirit. The, uh, the Boxer is loyal and playful. I somehow stumbled upon the personality description of the afghan hound. Can you picture an afghan hound? Ridiculous long hair, flowing hair. Google an image of an afghan hound. The description was flighty and aloof with a what's-in-it-for-me attitude. That's how the Afghan hound was described on this dog website. Flighty and aloof with a what's-in-it-for-me attitude. I thought, oh my God, this is my spirit animal. This is, I just felt instant, an instant karma connection to this breed of dog. What, what, how does that even manifest itself, a what's-in-it-for-me attitude? What does that look like in real life? And I went on to YouTube to look at some clips of Afghan hounds at play. And they seemed fine. Chasing the ball, running around. They seemed neither flighty nor aloof. And I thought, who, who wrote this negative Yelp review of the Afghan hound? What sort of... You know, personal baggage are they bringing into this review? Have they been burned previously by an Afghan hound? It just doesn't seem fair. My man definitely had some sort of axe to grind. An interesting note about dogs, and I get back into quarantine life, but I was thinking about, uh, you know, the Afghan hound's description, and it noted that in Noah's Ark, Noah collected two uh, animals of every species that the dog collected allegedly was an Afghan hound. So they're an ancient breed. I told my kids, I said, these were the dogs on, because I couldn't stop talking about Afghan hounds. I said, these are the dogs that were on Noah's Ark. They said, Dad, what's Noah's Ark? I thought, who the hell are you? How do you not know this? No, we're not we my wife and I were both raised Catholic and went to Catholic school, uh, but we're not uh, uber religious and my kids go to public school and they've never heard of Noah's Ark. They have these tremendous blind spots about Catholicism that I assume that they would just pick up on the streets, but apparently not. I assume they would hear about the Feast of Cana behind a 7 eleven when they were hanging with their friends. Or Mary Magdalene. But that stuff doesn't come up. So, a surprise. Surprised to learn that they've never learned this stuff. So, surviving fine in quarantine life. Like I said, the past three years I've spent asking myself what's essential and what's non-essential. And both the activities I do and the relationships and friendships I hold. I've stripped down my relationships now to roughly one friend, um, and he's a guy that I don't even know that well. We just share a common interest in certain bands, and we'll see each other spontaneously at these shows. When I invite other friends, they always say, no, this is the guy that actually shows up. This is my actual friend. My best friend and I don't even know his last name. And I don't even know what he uh, what he does for a living. We just banter in between songs and we keep it light and we keep it loose. My wife said, "Oh, what what does he do for a living?" I said, "How the hell would I know? How would I know this?" Um, I won't say his name, uh, but there's a good chance he'll never hear this because he has no idea I do a podcast. My best friend has no idea. You know what? He uh, makes no assumptions. I like that in a friendship. Make no assumptions. I think I vaguely remember him mentioning that he may have a daughter. I think I heard that one time in between a song. We were mostly commenting on the guitar solo of the song, but I think I did hear him mutter at one point that he may or may not have a daughter. I'll have to follow up with him the next time we're in the same room. But that's a good friendship. Uh, now, nah, I mean, I have more friends than that. I do like the neighborhood, guys. It's, uh again, no assumptions. If they may invite you to hang out, hey, we're having a party, uh, I can just say, no. <laughs> you know, and I don't have to make up an excuse. Oh, well this thing is, my wife's cousin is also, have an, I can just no and they're like okay usually I do go because um because they make no assumptions the more you ignore me the closer i get do you have a friendship like that that you can just say no and not make up an excuse cuz i think that's a that's a tight friendship like my wife and I, you know, we're, this quarantine has thrown out the window. Any social etiquette, I think. We get out of the house, away from the kids, maybe a half hour now. Out of the 23.5 hours a day we're hanging with the kids, we'll get out of the house and take a walk with the dog. We really don't even speak at this point. It's not anger, it's just what the Tarantinos say in Pulp Fiction, a comfortable silence. What can we even possibly say? anymore in these pandemic days. It's all been said or spoken. I did break quarantine once on St. Patrick's Day, March 17th, prior to the S really hitting the fan and went over to the neighbor's house and we watched an old school boxing match on on film from the 70s, Hagler Hearns, or was that, 80s, early 80s maybe, hell of a fight. Uh sports in rerun is just as entertaining, I'm finding. Maybe not just as entertaining, but there's less pressure to know you already know who's going to win. So you can watch it in a different way. You can watch it and appreciate sort of the movements and action as opposed to worrying about the score, the points or the judges' cards. So Sports does work, but man, I miss them. Man, I miss them. That's one of the hardest things I think I'm grappling with right now is my lack of sports. But we will emerge from this and we will have a clear idea as to what's essential, who's essential, and what is non-essential. I think when this first broke, a number of people felt things were essential that it turns out now are actually not. As you know, I'm a teacher, a lot of teacher friends. Well, school's canceled, but they're not going to cancel the SATs. Well, they did. Yeah, but uh, uh, I'm going to Broadway. They're not going to cancel Evan Hansen. Uh, Yeah, they did that, that as well, and everything. Like. I felt there was a bit of haughtiness a couple weeks ago in people, as if their rituals, their events were bigger than a pandemic, were bigger than science, were bigger than death. <laughs> well, yeah, well, they're not going to cancel college tours. Yeah, yeah, it turns out the, the facade of importance that is part of your lifestyle is a mirage that these things that you put such stock in are in fact non-essential. I find people that have very event-based lives are struggling the most in this pandemic life. The people that every weekend are at some catered event are now floundering with nothing to do. But again, I'm built for this with my series of introverted hobbies. Reading, writing, podcasting, guitar. I got this. For now. Talk to me again in a week and I could go Jack Nicholson shining on the family. Daddy! I don't know. I don't want to get too cocky. (sighs) I mean, I'm not glad the things are canceled. I'm not being cocky. Like 25% of the things that were canceled this month in my events calendar, I'm bummed I'm missing. The other 75, eh, okay. Okay. Not heartbroken. Once things get up and running, I'm going to be like, hmm, do I need that 75%? Turns out I didn't really miss it. But I don't know. I don't know when we'll be back. Here's the bottom line. I don't know. And you don't know. Stop saying SATs aren't going to be canceled. You don't know. You've never lived through a pandemic. I've never lived through a pandemic. Stop preaching. Stop getting online. Getting on Facebook and saying, here's the deal. You don't know the deal. Nobody knows the deal. It's okay to not know. It's okay. It's okay. To say I don't have the answer, I'm just, I'm watching, along with you. I have some, some inference of a a theory on some things while watching patterns develop out there, but I don't know. People always like to draw a line in the sand. Well, here's the deal. (sighs) It's like, I, you know, I'm an English teacher and I, I hang out with them and I was raised in this this mindset, but I find it objectionable. I mean, English teachers always like, well, uh, drawing a line in the sand, particularly with technology. When cell phones first came out, well, there goes society. We're going into a dystopia now with cell phone, and then they get a cell phone, you know, and then they'll draw another line in the sand. Well, Well, Facebook, there goes society. And then, you know, and then they post that on Facebook because they've joined and now having like a Twitter, there goes society, Instagram, well, there goes society, stop, stop crying wolf because now really, here goes society. <laughs> um, so my English teacher in 1992 in high school when he was saying there goes society, yeah, uh, too soon, society was fine it turns out. Now we can't physically interact with people. I hate when people draw a line in the sand. You don't know. And you constantly cross your own line and then pitch your dystopian novels. Do you like Of Mice and Men? Oh, is that the book where they kill themselves at the end? You like Romeo and Juliet? That's another ninth grade. Is that the one where they kill themselves at the end? My goodness. Stop pitching a dystopia. Because we're living in one. For reals, yo. I'm against that sort of haughtiness. You gotta have like flexibility in life and in your mental capacity. Stop drawing a line in the sand. Like, have a belief system but let it adapt to the current situation. This is why I, I generally don't have strong political beliefs. I have beliefs but I know that One party doesn't have the answer to every problem. Sometimes the left is correct. Sometimes the right is correct, depending on the issue. I'm not six years old. Life is a gray area. Life is nuanced. Why can't we think nuanced as well? So I don't have a fixed belief system in that way. But I do like to have a fixed morality, and I think this is, this is one of the tenets of stoicism, a flexibility of beliefs, but a consistency of morals. That's where I am. I'm not drawing a line in the sand about this pandemic. I was an anti-gun guy. Guess what? Just went out and bought a gun. Changed. Changed my belief system. You know why? Because I've never been in a pandemic before. Have you? Don't tell me you lived through the 1918 Spanish flu. You didn't. Big anti-gun guy. Now I got a gun upstairs. And that's okay to change one's mind depending on the situation at hand. I think It shows an adaptability that's important right now. I did get a gun, though. Gun sales went up 300% last week. I drove by and I saw in a number of gun shops around here, the line was wrapped around the buildings. I never realized I've got like three gun shops right in my neighborhood, like five minutes away. I never saw them before until the idea got in my head that, hmm, maybe I should get one. And now now I see gun shops everywhere. What's the saying? When you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Why'd I get one? No, I'm not an idiot. No, I know I can't shoot the COVID-19. But, I mean, you know, I don't know. What's going to happen? Why not prepare for potential weirdness? I'm not going to get caught flat-footed. Listen, Philly cops are like, hey, we might not be enforcing some laws now. Philly cops, Montgomery, and Bucks County cops are getting sick. They're getting sick from this. And I'm saying, look, yo, I don't have unbelievable faith in the social contract. I'm not just going to believe willy-nilly that everyone's going to behave perfectly. I don't know. I know how I'll behave. But I'm the only person I can control. So, got myself a piece, a hammer. Everything's a nail. So, we'll see. I did see some people that I knew in line waiting to get their first gun as well. I won't out them because this is a dirty little secret that happens in white suburbia, isn't it? We're not posting about this on Facebook, our stockpile. You're posting TikToks you're doing with the kids. But behind the scenes, you're loading up on ammo. I know. I know. I saw you in line. The unspoken thing about soccer parents. We're strapped. So... We'll see. We'll see what happens. I think, you know, I think there's only like a very small chance that things will get weird, but I play the percentages. I was never a gun guy because I thought it would be more of a danger to me than a help. A danger mostly being either my kids shoot themselves or my wife plugs me in my sleep. In a rage, in an Irish rage. But now I'm like, mm. I feel like there's a 49% chance of that happening and a 51% chance I might need to show my peace. So this is where I am in the gun debate. i reached the tipping point where now it does make sense. Or, and this is an argument I never bought by the pro-gun people, but now I can see it just a little bit. Or what if? the government overreaches a little bit. That always seems stupid to me. you got to have guns because what if the government tries to take over your lives? I'm like, eh, that, that doesn't sound real plausible. But now, now, how long are they going to make me wait in my house? Another month? Two months? i Am going to have to blast my way out of my own house? Feels better to have a hammer now. Now listen, I'm for social distancing. The science that I read, make it makes sense. And hopefully we can flatten that curve, right? I think it's working. Every day I look for a glint of good news. I feel like I did read today that the social distancing might be causing cases to diminish a little bit. So keep it up. Keep it up. It is important. But again, I'm not going to get caught flat-footed in this thing like the United States did. We got caught flat-footed as a country. I ain't going to get caught flat-footed without a hammer. You know, and who knows? Maybe when this pandemic's over, I'll sell the gun back. I won't. I won't. It's super cool. I was driving home. And I was looking at the gun, rolling dirty, and uh, my first thought was, I should probably get another one. <laughs> I know. I know. It's, that's stupid. I was like, eh, I probably need two of Oh, uh, I'm going to get a drink of some uh, Gatorade. Old school yellow Gatorade. So, but it's safe. I got a fingerprint safe. It's locked away. Load it, but locked away. I fired a gun uh, a couple years ago. It was probably the last time uh, at my buddy's house who lives out in central PA. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm a novice, but I have fired a, a handgun and some rifles a couple times. And uh, I, even in college, I took a... This will give you an indication of what kind of prestigious college I went to. Uh, one of my gym classes was recreational shooting at York College of Pennsylvania. My gym credits for that year, the first half of the year it was recreational shooting, where we'd go out and fire off some buckshot. And then the second half of the year it was square dancing. So uh Yeah. I told my kids, you gotta do better than me. Right? Don't don't be me. <laughs> square dancing. And I went on to get my master's degree in square dancing. I can shoot that star. Uh, I got a Ruger 9mm. I wanted to get a Glock because all my favorite rappers have Glocks. But, uh, but I was trying it out. The range is close, so I couldn't even uh, take these things for a test drive. But, uh, I just didn't like the way the Glock felt. I'll get a Glock next time. But, uh, but I got the Ruger. And, uh, dude was super nice. I mean, I'm not real knowledgeable, so I anticipated this, uh, gun proprietor, this gun shop owner being, like, a condescending douchebag, right? Uh, but he was super cool. Like, I've been more condescending at the Home Depot. Uh, yeah, I'm interested in getting this drill. Oh, you mean that impact gun? Yeah, yeah, I do. Like, you know, when they douche around with jargon. I'm like, all right, all right, you got me. You got me on this work. I mean, I'm like, mm, I can do moderate home improvements, but you can't out-jargon a Home Depot guy sometimes. But the gun guy was very nice. Very nice. I was just like, I don't know. I just want want a gun that will match my sweater. One that will go with my outfits. I said, do you have a fitting room in here? Can I just see what this will look like when I hold it? I held it gangster style, you know how like in juice, uh, you know, gangster thugs will hold it like sideways, kind of cut, that's, that's the proper way to hold a handgun. So I got one, it's black and gray, it's kind of like two-tone, uh, but I feel like I do need like a seasonal one now, like a, like a lighter summer gun maybe, and then perhaps something for the fall, maybe in burgundy, if they have it. Or even over the summer, maybe something that would match my Nantucket red trousers if I do a weekend at Cape Cod. So you don't think about these things when you buy a gun until after the fact. You're like, will this go with any of my outfits? <sighs> I might as well get a motorcycle next. How's my next thought? This is how I'm responding to a pandemic. I become my own action hero. Got my gun, now I'm going to get my bike. I just drive around. <laughs> Everyone's responding in a different way. I want to be Stallone and Cobra. I'm just going Mad Max style out here. Get a bike or maybe get a muscle car. I've always wanted to do this move, like have a shootout with someone else, like out of my car window from my muscle car, and uh, and then like get in front of them and then. Jamming in reverse and still go at full speed. And so I'm firing at them while going in reverse through my blown out front windshield. Do you think that will happen with the coronavirus? Will it cause that to happen? That situation? Or will I just lose my sense of smell? Perhaps I'm being overdramatic here. I'll probably just lose my sense of smell. And gunplay while driving 90 in reverse won't even be an issue. So I've been hanging with my kids a lot more frequently, as have you, I'm sure. We've been doing family board game nights. Um, I'm realizing my kids are the dumbest straight-A students I've ever met. I'm goofing. But they do have major blind spots, I'm realizing. And not just with religious connotations in Noah's Ark. The younger one, we're we're playing a board game, and somehow the Statue of Liberty comes up, and she said, yeah, Statue of Liberty, isn't he that guy that's holding the torch and has the robes on? I said, guy? (laughs) She thought the Statue of Liberty was a man. It's like, what in the hell are they teaching you at that there school? And then she said, a skating, not rank, but a rank. She thought it was a skating rank, R-A-N-K. And she thought it was a roller rank. And she said, a bowling rank. I said, well, that doesn't even make sense because it's a bowling alley, not a bowling rank. So I'm learning a lot about what they know and what they don't know. And then the older one crushed me in Monopoly. She slowly choked me out in Monopoly, so... (laughs) Uh, I mean, bottom line, they are smarter than me, but I did notice a couple, a couple blind spots. I mean, if were I to homeschool, this would be like the way to do it. You play a board game, you, you have them garden, they work on their personal passion project, they're involved in some volunteerism, some sports, and some exercise, then, and some technology, and you just kind of repeat that cycle. Board games... And games in general are a great way to teach, but they're not at school. I do feel bad for them. The kids are hurting the most, I think, because they need to be around one another, right? It's out of the natural order that they're hanging out with their old man on a Saturday night. These are their childhood years. But we'll go back to uh, we'll go back to normal at some point. Um, other things that I've been thinking about have been school itself and teaching online. Has your business shifted to an online virtual situation? Do you have Zoom meetings now? I feel like I have a couple Zoom meetings every day at this point. And again, I think some people some of these meetings are necessary and some of them are just because people are lonely like you know don't don't encroach on my time if you're sad and lonely that's not my fault that you don't have hobbies don't drag me into this watch the tiger king goddammit. it don't drag me into this see that tiger king <laughs> I'll I'm still digesting it. I know, I know, response yet. <laughs> um, it felt like a fever dream watching that thing. Like, did th- did that happen? <laughs> what did I just watch? Um, and the memes, the memes people are putting out there. <laughs> people are so funny. <laughs> Hasn't the internet been the great savior during this pandemic? Oh, people have, have done some funny memes about that and about everything. Yeah, but these Zoom meetings, it's like, uh, I give a lot of thought to what's going to be in the background. I'm sure you have as well. Hmm, should I set this up over here? That will showcase uh, this wall eh? with a little suggestion of my hip stainless steel refrigerator. Um, uh, or maybe I should just like put weird stuff in the background. Get a bunch of seedy Wildwood boardwalk posters of girls and thongs right behind me, standing in the back of a pickup truck with the phrase, hauling ass. They'd be like, hmm, I always thought Brian was a real intellectual. I'm surprised to see these posters of girls and thongs behind him, and it feels a little sexist, frankly, too. <laughs> Or just really throw them off and have a couple third-eye blind posters behind me. Everything they thought about me will be like disproven or thrown into chaos. The assumptions you draw about someone when you see the background of their Zoom meeting. What I really should do is just put the Ruger 9mm on the table in front of me. Go ahead, you were saying? Just show the gun. trying out what you're supposed to do with it i don't know what you're supposed to do i'm amazed they sold me one actually i walked out of there i was like wow as soon as they sold me one my first thought was yeah they probably do need stricter gun laws (laughs) you shouldn't have sold that to me i don't know what i'm doing but uh are you reading anything good I started reading The Stand, you know, to get into the uh, pandemic mood, but I put that down. It's just too much, too much virus talk. Um. So I got in some sci-fi, just looking for escapism at this point. Anything to stay entertained. The band Fish, you know, I like fish. They've been airing these concerts on Tuesday night. They call it dinner. And a movie, these are uh, replays of old concerts, and uh, I like the couch concert. I'm finding it enjoyable. I used to go to shows, and then a couple years ago I would go to theater shows that allows you to sit in your seat the whole time. And now we're scaling it back even further in uh, my um, soft suburban life, and it's just a couch concert, seems right. I don't know if I'll go back to concerts once this pandemic lifts I'm finding the couch concert enjoyable. Last night, The Grateful Dead, uh, Dead & Company, aired a concert, and uh, that was all right. Bob Weir. Bob is starting to look just like Jerry. Have you seen Bob Weir? He, he It's eerie how much he looks like Jerry Garcia now. Have you seen pictures of Weir in the 70s and early 80s? He's got these uh, cut-off jean shorts. Such a dork dad, Bob Weir. (laughs) A gym teacher. Oh, hey, this podcast is brought to you by Integrity Wealth Management. They can help you with your portfolio management, retirement planning, financial planning, estate planning, and services, life insurance, and wealth preservation strategies. Please call them at 215-864-3598. Or visit their website at www.integritywealthmanagement.com. Better plan that wealth or what's left of it, right? You probably want to call them today and be like, what the hell happened to my 401k? What is going on here? Um, Life, tough to plan for. So, I mean, I do the the fish shows, and then I do my my beach body On Demand workout. That's the other big social thing I do. I watch Sean Insanity workouts, and uh, I feel like the people in the video now are, like, becoming my friends mentally. Like, these are, you know, the closest people in my life right now. I've memorized the tape. The tape. What am I, a grandmother? I've memorized the... Uh, The live stream or the streaming of these workouts to the point where I know what Sean's going to say. There's this one point where he says, don't spread your legs too wide during this stretch. Josh, Josh, he gets on Josh. And I know when that's going to happen. He also gives Tanya a lot of props. So uh, these are the closest people in my life. Them and the gentleman in which I go to a concert with and don't know his last name. So, and you know, and I get on Facebook a lot. People are like giving little shout outs to their their significant other or their friends about their birthday. I find it offensive to celebrate your birthday during this pandemic. Just be quiet about, we're all in mourning. Just, we're going to pass on your birthday this year. (sighs) So, we'll see. We'll see. We'll get through this. I think. But if I die, I mean of the COVID, it's like won't I instantly be elevated to sainthood status? Brian went down with the COVID. I feel like any any old sins and mistakes and transgressions you've made in your life are instantly wiped away if the COVID kills you. You're instantly a good guy. So, it's not a total loss if that happens. Do you hear that noise in the background? My dryer. that's making some strange noises. Or is it the washer? I don't know. So, we'll start to wrap it up, but, you know, if I do die, uh, at least I have a living document. I have this. My kids can revisit the podcast. What do you have? All you've done is watch Tiger King. (laughs) You've done fine. We've all done fine. And we'll all continue to do fine. Good luck. Stay safe. And uh, we'll get through this later.